0: Good evening and welcome to tonight's Bible study. How are we all doing? I hope we are doing great and uh, we are enjoying uh, our week presently. Um, last week we started volume two of our series and we looked at group two. The kingdom is present with us, like I said, under under every group and uh, a set of parables. So we looked at the first parable under the group which had to do with the parable of the test in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 to 30 and verses 36 to 43. Uh, this parable spoke to us about how Satan can corrupt a kingdom community. And how does he corrupt a kingdom community? Words, information. As a kingdom formed, words, information. um, When you preach the gospel, it's information, it's words. And likewise, if the devil also wants to counterattack that, he's also going to use the same format, words. Amen. And the words are like seeds, like we said um, last week. So when the devil throws seeds, At us, which will affect our hearts. It is what will make us carnal and fleshly to live according to the dictates of our flesh. Satan's seeds make us worldly at best, which leads us to destruction. So, uh, last week's Bible really stressed to us on the battle for the salvation of our soul. The fact that the gospel is being preached, doesn't mean that Satan is going to rest. He's not going to rest on his morals. He's going to do anything possible to make sure that he redeems your soul. So Christianity is a battlefield. I think we said that last week. Our final truth home was on how we'll be judged based on our work. So, you in and, and that scripture, we saw two fields. The field of the tares and that of the wheat. They both were gathered by the angels who were called the reapers in the parable. The tares were bound together, thrown into the fire. The wheat bound together and were put in the barn. And this speaks to us about our walk. Are we going to walk by the Spirit, which comes from living by the seed of God's Word, or are we going to walk in our fleshly and carnal destruction, which comes from the seeds the devil sows? And how does the devil infiltrate a kingdom community? He does that when we are taking on our worst When we lose our sense of sobriety and vigilance, that is when the devil come in. And one of the interesting phrases we, we read last week in the parable was, while men slept, the enemy came. So uh, we have to be sober. We have to be vigilant. Amen. So that... Um, we will not just keep on living a spirit-led life. Uh, we will also uh receive the counterparts of our 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 actions. Amen. That is very important. Uh, Christianity is a battlefield. Uh, it's not a game. If if we stand firm and fast. Um, the Bible lets us know that we will have a place with our Father in the age to come. If we live recklessly and, and lose our sense of sobriety and walk in the flesh, um, we will have eternal destruction. And these are truths that really need to be hammered home and need to be stressed. Amen. So thank God for this parable. It came to remind us of this reality. Amen. So today, let's move on to the next parable, and it's in the same Matthew chapter 13. Like I said last week, majority of the parables under this group, the kingdom is present with us, will come from Matthew chapter 13. But this story in Matthew chapter 13 is also in Mark chapter 4, verse 30 to 32, and Luke chapter chapter 13, verse 18 to 19. So today we are looking at Lesson 2, The Mustard Seed. Lesson 2, The Mustard Seed. So it's recorded in three places. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 to 32. Mark chapter 4, verse 30 to 32. And Luke chapter 13, verse 18 to 19. But for the purpose of our study tonight, we'll focus on Matthew's account. So please go with me to Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 to 32. Matthew 13, 31 to 32. I read. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Amen. So Jesus from this parable is on the same topic on corruption among the kingdom community. That's very interesting. It tells us of a man, which is general. So it could represent a preacher, a Christian, or a believer. You know, anybody doesn't sow the word. There, anybody there is restricted to a believer. That's it. So a, a Christian believer, either a brother, sister, a preacher, or something of that sort. That's why a man is put there. He plants a master seed, and in the Bible, particularly in Matthew seventeen, verse twenty to twenty-one, Jesus once used the analogy of faith. Um, he he used the analogy of a master seed. I'm sorry to talk on faith. So at least we know um, one reference of a master seed in the Bible, which referred to faith, but. This isn't teaching on that tonight. It's rather talking about building a kingdom culture, which starts with the word of God. It's just like building a culture. You are building a culture like colonization. Colonization is taking a country, making it your sovereignty, and then building a culture. How do you build a culture? You build a culture by words. Same thing information. change the books they read, the information they hear, and then they will suddenly become the same country. That's how it is. Likewise, when we want to build a Christian culture where people in a society will look like Christ, talk like Christ, will begin to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit and uh, it starts with the Word of God. That is the seed. Amen. But something interesting really happened here. It begins to grow. So there is hope. Things can grow. Things pertaining the kingdom of God they do grow. Amen. Things pertaining the kingdom of God, they do grow. So that's one thing that we we have to take courage in that. So whatever you are doing with the word of God, I want you to have hope—a lot of hope—that it will grow. If you if you plant your life on the word of God, it will grow. It might take time but it will grow. The nature of the seed of God's word is that it grows. It has so much power, so much life, so much potency that it will grow. So that is a very encouraging thing about the word of God. When we use the word of God to build our life, we use the word of God to build our churches. We use the word of God to build societies. We use the word of God to build our families. We use the word of God to build our financial life. We use the word of God for any aspect of our life. We will experience growth. That's the good thing. So the interesting thing that happens is that It begins to grow. And it experiences unusual growth. Now, the unusual growth is a bit bothersome because it's unusual monstrosity. It becomes a tree. Then there is a problem. The problem is, the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. That's the problem. So, we see three phases. The first phase, a seed is planted. The second phase, the seed now becomes a tree. It grows, becomes bigger than all the herbs. It becomes a tree. The third third interesting phase. Birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Now, why is that a problem? It is a problem because birds are not a good symbol when you read your Bible carefully. From the Old Testament to the New. Doves are a good symbol. A dove is normally a, a, a symbol of the Holy Spirit, but a bed a bed is not a good symbol because beds are normally seen as images of the enemy, Satan. And if you even read this same chapter, the earlier verse, Matthew chapter 13, verse 4, the Bible lets us know that especially the parable of the sower, which we dealt some time past, that when the sower sowed by the wayside, birds came and devoured them. And Jesus gave the interpretation of this parable in verse 19, and the bird he referred to as the wicked one. So let me give you two scriptures, one in the Old Testament, one in the New to establish my truth on beds. Because that is in the scripture. Go with me to Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4, Daniel chapter four verse 10. And I'm reading till verse 16. Very interesting scripture. It talks to us about the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. He had a very disturbing dream. So he, he called upon Daniel, who the Bible lets us know he had an excellent spirit. And him having an excellent spirit meant he could solve puzzles, riddles, and enigmas. So this this dream was more like an enigma um, before the king. But let's look at the content of this dream. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. So the reason why I'm talking about the seed, the parable of the mustard seed, Some commentators believe that the tree grew to this nature. And when it grows to this nature, it's unusual monstrosity. It's normally not a good sign. Let's read on. Everything experiences growth. That is true. But the unusual monstrosity of the tree needs to be questioned. So let's read on. I was looking and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. Its leaves were lovely, fruits abundant and in it food was for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heaven dwelt in its branches and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the vision of my head while on my bed and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, chop down the tree, cut off its branches. Why do we have to cut off the branches? The branches are the place where the bears have nested and have shade. But the the Holy One, who is a watcher, said, Chop the tree, cut its branches, strip off its leaves, scatter its fruits, let the bees get out from under it, and the birds from its branches. So Nebuchadnezzar is saying that I saw this great tree. It was so great. It became so great that it had the beasts of of the field that had shade under the tree. The best of the heavens dwelt in its branches and all flesh fed from it. And he was saying that its fruit was abundant. Its leaves were lovely. I mean, it, it looks like it was a huge tree is served as benefits. Humans could take off the fruits. The beasts of the field congregated under the tree. And then the bears of the air used the branches as a nest. But Nebuchadnezzar said that he saw another vision again where he saw the Holy One. And the Holy One represents the judge. But when the judge saw the tree, he wasn't impressed. even though humans were impressed because they could have food from the tree. When the Holy One saw the tree, he says, cut off the tree. Cut off the tree, strip of its leaf, scatter the fruits, let the beast get out from under the tree and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and the roots in the earth bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beast on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man and let him be given the heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. Now, if you go further, Daniel interprets this dream. You see that if you read the story very carefully, the story changes from a tree to him. So this was talking about Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was that tree. He had become a man of great stature, but he had so much evil. That's the inference of the birds and the beast, so much evil that his works did not please the Lord. If you read Daniel chapter 3, he built such a high statue that was almost to the heavens and he said, you people should worship because he was so great, he was so powerful, he had come to a place of great stature, so the Lord saw him as that great tree. But God gave Nebuchadnezzar this dream to let him know your haughtiness and your pride is coming to an end. Cut down the tree. And what was the meaning of that? A meant Nebuchadnezzar was going to be driven from his loftiness. He was going to go to the field become an animal for seven years. And after seven years, he will come to his senses and realize there is God. That's the whole meaning of the vision. So it is believed that when Jesus mentioned this parable of the seed, which was the word of God, which was planted and it grew, Many commentators believe that the height of the tree could be similar to that of Nebuchadnezzar, which is not a good sign. Do you all get the picture? Do we all understand? I want to see. Do we all, do we all get it? I want to know whether we all get it before I continue. Do we all get it? Okay. Nobody is talking, so I want to assume we all understand. Do we all... Please give me an emoji so that I can continue. All right. So, this same tree begins to experience unusual growth, which is not normal. Why? Because it has beds of the air in these branches. As it's nest. So it's not really a good sign. Are you understanding me? Now, let me show you a scripture in Revelation chapter 18 again. Revelation chapter 18. Verse 2. And he cried mightily with a loud voice. Now, the question is, who cried mightily with a loud voice? An angel of the Lord. An angel cried from heaven with a loud voice. And the the, the cry was mighty. And what did the angel say? Verse 2. Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bed. You see that? So, beds don't represent good things. A dove represents a good thing, but beds in general, they are normally seen as instruments of evil or emissaries of Satan. So that is something to note. So now let's tie all loose ends together. What does this mean when Jesus gives this parable about a man planting the seed, it grows, experiences an unusual monstrosity of a tree and then bears of the air nest in its branches. Ladies and gentlemen, it is safe to say that Jesus is using this parable to sound the clarion call to us that in the midst of kingdom explosion and kingdom growth, corruption can still be nested. And when Jesus used this parable, Jesus was also talking about the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees, They practiced religion, it was lifeless, it was a form of godliness which lacked power, but they had great notoriety. There was money in the temple. There was fame, there was growth. These temples were huge, they were packed but in it nested corruption and evil. So Jesus is really using this to tell us, be careful. In the midst of kingdom influence, keep your eyes open. Are you understanding me? So now, this is not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not using this parable to attack growing churches or mega churches for that matter. Because Jesus is go into all the nations and preach the gospel. So Jesus is very happy when churches are growing. Or oh, for the for for that reason, whatever word, we're mega church. I don't even know whether it's a good term or a bad term. It's not against that. So this parable is not to attack growing churches or mega churches. Number two, Jesus is also not using this parable to say anything big or influential must have some evil somewhere in operation. That's also not what Jesus is saying. So when you read the Bible, try to understand what Jesus is saying and also understand what he's also not saying. So Jesus is also not saying that anything that is big, anything that is influential must have some evil somewhere in operation. You know, sometimes even that, unfortunately, the world believes in that. Sometimes there are some people who are extremely rich beyond human imagination. And sometimes our pessimistic attitude can easily say that it is Illuminati. And of course, those things, they do exist. But why do we want to attribute every influence, every kind of success that you can't understand to Illuminati? I, I understand me so Jesus doesn't also he doesn't also have that mindset it's not anything that is big it's not anything that is influential that you always have to snoop around and check whether there is some evil somewhere in operation so that is not the essence of Jesus using this parable the third thing I want us to know is that Jesus also isn't advocating for smallness to be the best. You get a picture? So he's also not an advocate of smallness. That just because I spoke about the kingdom of God is like a man will throw seeds and the seeds will grow it will be bigger than all the herbs and become a tree, it doesn't mean he's also advocating for smallness. He isn't. Sometimes you will see pastors of small churches, they will like to believe that we are the ones doing the right thing because narrow is the way. You know, sometimes you can have very funny doctrines. It's not true. And you might think that, oh, any church that is big, any church that is growing, they must be doing something. But not really true. Not every church that is big has compromised. Not every church that is big has watered down the gospel. Sometimes God will also bless your efforts with a large following, with large influence if you are walking in his will. And sometimes, too, if you're also walking in his will, your church might also be narrow. Whichever way, glory be to God. But Jesus isn't advocating for smallness that smallness is the best. So we have to hear what Jesus is saying and what he is not saying. Amen. So I believe what Jesus is talking to us about is that in the midst of kingdom growth and explosion, evil can still be nested. Corruption can still be nested. Just as this tree, experienced such unusual growth and such monstrosity, but still, they were dead. Evil spirits had nested inside the place, irrespective of the growth. We have to be careful. We have to be sober. So the first parable, the parable of the test, the lesson that it drove home to us is that we have to be sober, We have to be vigilant and not sleep because if we sleep, someone will come and sow tears in the midst of wheat. Now, this story too is also juxtaposing the same lesson to us this evening that in the midst of kingdom growth and explosion, it is not the time to celebrate. It's not the time to party. It's not the time to believe in ourselves, but it is the time to be sober, be vigilant. We shouldn't go to sleep. And I explained to you the meaning of sleep last week. Sleep means that you've lost your sense of sobriety and vigilance. And one of the ways we can enhance our sobriety and vigilance is to develop a lifestyle of prayer. That's why Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. Watch and pray. Sobriety. You have to come to a place of sobriety. Because blessings, success comes from God. But sometimes when we allow... The blessings and the success of God to lure us into a place where we lose touch of of our sobriety, we lose touch with vigilance, we become a prey of the enemy. So, how did these birds nest in the branches? That's a proverb. It's talking to us about how does evil. Nest in the kingdom community. How can corruption enter into a kingdom community unchecked? It enters when we lose sobriety and we lose vigilance. So, tonight, this parable has really explained to us that in the midst of a Christianized society, it is still possible to have pockets of evil thriving. So we have to be on the way and not easily fall asleep. Amen. Do you understand? That happened with the Pharisees. That also happened with The Roman Empire, when the the Roman Empire became a Christian state, it became very huge. It was believed that by the second century, Christianity was a state religion in Rome. And Rome was the capital of the world. And what Rome declares, that's what the world follows. But it is so interesting that when you read history, It is from this same place of room that evil, much evil occurred. So it's it's possible. It's possible to have a vibrant kingdom culture and yet evil is being nested. That's why we have to be sober. So we pray that may we also not come to a place whereby we have sown seeds of God's word to create a kingdom culture. And in our culture, our pockets of evil thriving. May not come to a place of that. So Jesus is talking to us about sobriety. Be watchful, be sober, be vigilant, be alert. Don't allow the prosperity. And the success of whatever you are doing to lure you to sleep because the devil is still on the loose. The devil is still working. Do you understand? So, today I'm just going to keep it short for today and we'll end it here because I believe that we've gotten the import of the message. The import of the message is sobriety, vigilance. And we should keep in mind that in the midst of a kingdom culture, a kingdom environment, a kingdom climate, the devil can still become like a bed and nest there if we lose our sense of sobriety and vigilance. Amen. I'm done for now. Any questions or contributions are welcome. God bless you. Is it clear? If if I may ask, I just read comments, great message, Claire. What makes it a great message? Why do you say it's a great message? What makes it clear? I just want to hear from you. You know, I I always like feedback. I, I always want to know whether you guys understand and whether we are on the same page. So what do you understand? What makes it a great message? Okay. So someone has written in the comments, I think that sobriety is very important. Vigilance is key. Yes, it is. Because the only reason that the enemy was able to sow tears in a wheat field was men had to sleep. They lost their sense of vigilance and sobriety. The only reason why they are birds nesting in a tree that has Is because of sobriety too, lack of it. Amen. All right, if I muted yourself, you can't talk, please.
1: It's, yeah, no, I, um, I really uh enjoyed the message, so God bless you for that. But what I was thinking was just. You know uh, the tree and the empire and the imagery of uh, how the influence, right? How influential something can become, and I, and in my mind, as you as you're uh, breaking it down, um, I'm looking at it like sometimes as we're influencing more and more people, we let our guards down, thinking that we're having success. That's what happens. So as we're seeing the success, we put our guard down. We don't see it as a lack of vigilance or sobriety, but it is. That's what happens. And so from the imagery and uh, what the Lord has put on your heart to share with us, what I'm seeing is that we should never put our guard down, that even though we are influencing people and uh, we have great success and we have great fruit, it doesn't mean that we are now okay. It's actually more of a sign that we have to be more vigilant and more on our feet, it's not the opposite. And I think as humans, we have that tendency. So I'm, I'm just also blessed that that's in the scripture that way and I think that we might miss it because we're misinterpret the scripture. So, God bless you for
0: that. I thought that that was done. Amen. To be sober and vigilant, prayer. To be sober and vigilant requires fellowship of the Holy Spirit. To be sober and vigilant means we have to daily renew our minds with the Word of God because it is in the renewing of the mind that we will experience transformation. So we have to do that at all times. And most times, during our times of success, our times of great influence, we let down our guard on prayer. We let down our guard on personal discipleship. And when I'm talking about personal discipleship, it's you growing every day to have the similitude of Christ. When, when those virtues are let down, um, we, we then allow the devil to filter in. His thoughts, his seeds, and then he will nest will nest through many avenues. So we shouldn't let our God down. Amen. All right. I'll take one more contribution and then we'll, we'll be down for tonight. If we don't have any contribution, then we'll pray and close. All right. God bless all of you. I'm very glad all of you could make it. Thank you for attending. Um, our prayer for tonight is that, Lord, keep us on dialects. Keep us on dialects. Keep us on dialects. May, may success not dull our hearts, may success not affect our posture of sobriety and vigilance. May influence not either. May we not become like Nebuchadnezzar. See, Nebuchadnezzar, he got drunk with his success. That's why the Lord had to cut him down. And that's why the Lord gave him that imagery of the tree, just to humble him. If you read Nebuchadnezzar's story, the great Nebuchadnezzar became an animal. He became an animal. He was driven into the 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 forest. and he ate grass for seven years. That's how he became humble. If you read the story, and maybe that the book of Daniel is a good book to read too. And that may may we not may we not be 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 drowned by our success and our influence. Amen. Lest we we give ourselves an opportunity for evil to be nested, and we don't want that. Lord, make us sober, make us sober. Enhance our sobriety and our vigilance. Because when we are not sober, when we are not vigilant, our devil, who is also the adversary, May, may I not even say our devil, he doesn't belong to us. He's our adversary, but he's not our devil. Our adversary, the devil, he will devour us when we are not sober. Father, Lord, make us sober. May we be vigilant. May we take prayer serious. May we take your word serious. May we be vested in a personal discipleship. Oh, Lord, may we keep our head together. Even when we are prospering and we are experiencing great and unusual prosperity, may we still be committed to serving you, to walking in your ways, to doing your will. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, God bless you. Thank you all for attending tonight's Bible study. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll see some of you guys on Sunday. God bless you. Minister, Lord, it's good to see you. Thank you for attending. God bless. Good night, guys. Good
1: night.